0: Hello, this is David Addison. What? A television show? About me? Well, I don't know. I think people have had it with detective shows. I would love to do a good Western. Well, that's why they're in third place.
1: Welcome to the show, Moonlighting fans. Whether you're a Moonlighting fan from way back when or whether you are new to Moonlighting and you want to know what all the hype is about, you have come to the right place. Hi, I'm
2: Grace. And I'm Shauna. And we're your hosts for the podcast that is all about Moonlighting. When we talk about Moonlighting, we're talking about the Emmy Award-winning 80s TV series starring Bruce Willis and Simple Shepherd. So if you're a fan of theirs... You're going to want to stay tuned as we review all 66 episodes.
1: We hope you enjoy this journey with us because we are going to be watching the series episodes one by one and discussing them every week. Now, this is going to take several years, as you can imagine, so please join us because we are going to have so much fun along the way. We will also be releasing bonus episodes of interviews with creators, cast, and
2: crew to extend your listening experience. That's right, and we really want to include our Moonlighting fans in this project as much as possible. So write to us and let us know what your thoughts are, and even if you have some trivia to disclose. Our email address is fans at moonlightingthepodcast.com, and we will include you in our future episodes. So stay
1: with us. Shauna and I are beyond excited to finally bring Moonlighting into the 21st century for some serious discussions. You up for it, Shauna?
2: I sure am. Well, Well, let's let's get get started.
1: That's why I think it's given the timeline of three weeks so that it's given the time for all these cases to come in because of all these cases that David is solving. Yeah. So it's all a buzz at Blue Moon and the workers are frantically trying to get their work done. And Maddie comes out of her office just looking around. She looks I gorgeous, know. by the way, in her white yeah. dress and her grey jacket. I like that outfit. Yes, I know. Yes, it's a good one. And she's just looking around. I like her necklace, the big bulky oblong stone that she's wearing.
2: Yeah, it's very interesting. Sybil looks beautiful here. You know, she's got kind of like a like a reddish lipstick on and her yes. hair is, I guess, I like the outfit. I like the makeup. Her hair is done nicely. Yes.
1: I noticed yeah. that because that's a deeper color that they would normally put on her.
2: Yeah. Um, and, she, you know, Maddie's just seeing everybody working and she doesn't have much to do herself. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Everybody's involved in the case except for Maddie. Like he's keeping her out of everything. And this is where they do
1: everything in threes. So she approaches Agnes, who's answering the calls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Blue moon, please hold. Blue moon, please hold. Blue moon, please hold. So is that in? So is
2: not in? So is that in? Yes, Mrs. Hayes. Yes, Mrs. Hayes.
1: When do we expect him? When do we
2: expect him? When do we expect him? And everything is like double, double, yeah.
1: Everything's... (laughs) And then
2: Agnes shrugs three times. (laughs) (laughs) Very Agnes. Very cute. Yeah, that's a good one. Good dialogue there. And David comes in. He's a very sought-after man at this point. Reporters, newsmen, everybody, paparazzi. They want the story. They want the time with him. Seems Mm -hmm. like at this point he wants, now he's missing maybe Maddie a little bit. He wants to make some time for Maddie, but there is no time. Yeah, and he's pushing the door,
1: forcing the reporters out of the office. How do you account for your extraordinary record of solving cases? He's like, no comment. And I thought, oh, that's art imitating life, don't you think? Because Bruce always eventually was not a fan of the press, Mm -hmm. kept away from them and blocked them and didn't really like doing interviews. Yeah, so I thought that was
2: funny. Yeah, like kind of like I was saying before, this is very much mirroring what's going on in real life. Bruce mm-hmm. getting very popular and, yeah, media and lots of stories about him and kind of maybe, I don't know, if civil is feeling left out of it, but it is art imitating life, definitely. So he enters, then
1: other people are in the waiting area attacking him for one minute yeah. of his time and is forced into yeah. his office. But while he's doing this, he makes yes. a lunch date with Maddie.
2: Yeah tomorrow lunch yeah (laughs) finally they're going to get together and see each other so he doesn't seem so mad anymore now he does seem like he's kind of missing her and but he's just too busy solving cases
1: so we're in maddie's office now and i call this the what could be bothering me scene (laughs) you've got your meaningful conversation face on i love these two scenes that agnes has with the both of them she's really worried about how they're feeling yep she goes to miss hayes wondering how she's feeling she feels that miss hayes is probably feeling left out yes but then she's worried about
2: how david's feeling because he's been away from miss hayes it's kind of like their daughter you know it's like that mother father daughter dynamic again you know she's kind of like mom and dad are separated and is mom okay Mm. is dad okay and yeah yeah, she's very intuitive and she's always looking out for her bosses she's their biggest advocates and She's checking on Miss Hayes. She stands in the middle of the Blue Moon office. She's looking around. She's seeing all the hustle bustle. And yeah, she walks into David's office as well. Yeah. Mm. And I do like both the scenes. I particularly like the scene between her and David because of his concern for Maddie. And is she happy? Well, as long as she's happy. Yeah, that's right. It is a big concern of David's throughout the series. One that I personally love. So... Agnes walks into Maddie's office
1: and Miss Hayes already has an answer. No, nothing's wrong. <laughs> and she, Agnes is like, excuse me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You've got your let's have a meaningful conversation face on. So she starts telling her that she's fine. The business is a huge success and our financial worries seem to be behind us. And the last couple of days, I've even had some free time to myself. So what could be bothering me? <laughs> I guess nothing could be bothering you. Mm-hmm. but. Agnes begins to walk out and Maddie asks about David. And Agnes's eyes light up. What about Mr. Addison? What about Mr. Addison? No, I mean, I haven't seen much of him lately. He's
2: been working by himself. I've been working by myself. How's he adjusting to all this success? He seems to be getting along just fine. Oh, he is? Well, good for him.
0: Good for him. Good for us. Good
1: for us. Agnes goes, I don't know what I could have been thinking about. So Agnes walks out and stays at the door watching all the workers, walking around so busy. But I counted mm-hmm. all the bothering and all the bothered. So Maddie says bothering and bothered six times. <laughs> and Agnes says it once. <laughs> bothering, bothered, bothering, bothering. Oh, my God. There's a lot of bothering going on. Yes. Yes. But you know what I found funny was all the workers when Agnes walks out into the main office. They're really overdoing it, really overdoing the the busy looking.
2: Yeah, (laughs) needed hustle bustle. Everyone's head down, walking here. Yeah, very fast, walking in, walking out. More workers than normal, really.
1: Yeah, I call it the blue moon shuffle when they're walking past, making out they're looking busy, but they're really not.
2: (laughs) Oh, I know. Yes. And then they all kind of bombard Agnes and kind of carry her away with their folders and paperwork and questions Mm. and sweep her into Mr. Addison's office, which is kind of a weird shot. Did you notice the shot when uh, they enter Addison's office? It's kind of like empty. Usually there's, you know, as we've seen many times, like hat racks on either side of the door. And it seems like there's more decoration in there. And when they walk in, it just seems like a wall of the set and them coming through the door. I don't know. It just it looks very bare.
1: Oh, I didn't notice
2: that. Yeah, I don't know. It just is kind of a weird, it just catches my eye every
1: time. So this part is hilarious. It's a great mm-hmm. scene. Yes. So she finds him having his nails done and his hair done and his shoes polished. And there's two guys holding the phones for him because he's getting all these phone calls in. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's yep. great because his back's to the camera. That's really good. Mm -hmm. Um, And he turns around because he has to grab the phone from the other guy. Yeah. And the poor girl that's doing his shoes has to move her equipment to the other side. Yeah. And the girl is doing his hair. And then as he turns around, he puts his arm out to the girl who's giving him a manicure. (laughs) So the whole thing is orchestrated so well. It's so funny. I really like it.
2: And the more i thinking about his hairline, it's just more and more obvious that they have colored in kind of exactly around his hairline, you know, yes. down to the scalp. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, how they are inside joke, probably that he's getting that haircut that hair he's losing so quickly. Um, and everything oh, he's saying on the phone, by the way, is definitely references to what's going on in his life outside. So let's see. Okay. So it says, I'm sure you have some of this written down, right? Talking about detective shows, like, oh, you know, if those kind of played out and everyone nods. Yeah. Everybody nods. Yes. Yeah. We're sick of detective shows. (laughs) Yeah. People have had it with detective shows. Everyone nods. And then something about, but I'd be open for a Western movie and they hang up on him. Now he made that movie Sunset with James Garner, probably around this time. It was one of his earlier movies. I'd have to check the date. Yep, and they hang up. So yeah, it's like, mm, and but that was not a hit. That movie Sunset. So mm-hmm. I was thinking that was probably a reference to that, and then that's why they're in third place. Another network, you know, is. Do you have any idea who that network could be? Okay, so uh, Mulan was on ABC. So ABC, NBC, and CBS were the three big networks. Okay. So it was like NBC or CBS. But maybe mm. CBS. I'm I thought NBC, NBC
1: would have been there. the biggest. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be true?
2: Yeah, I'd probably go like NBC, ABC and CBS. So I, I would guess it was CBS that he was talking mm, about. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: that is funny. And I'm going to see when Sunset was released. Um, well, ooh. while you're looking that up,
1: I just think it's hilarious when he says, I mean, if you haven't found the guy by now.
0: Look, all I'm trying to say is if you haven't found the guy by now. Okay, look, we'll give it a crack. What's this guy's name? D.B. Cooper got it we make any progress I'll give you a call give Cooper. oh my
2: yeah. god I'm <laughs> that was really funny ah, Sunset was 1988 so that was a little later so hmm, I would think that would be a reference to that because it wasn't a hit but maybe not
1: well maybe it was true that he's probably said to Glenn well you know what I want to do a
2: good western so Glenn's put mm-hmm. it in yeah true it's all referring to like real life things for sure yeah, this is totally art imitating life for sure. We've mentioned it a few times, but just the deeper you get into the episode, the more you realize it's so commentating on what's going on in their real lives. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So I want to talk
1: a little bit about D.B. Cooper. For those listeners who don't know the reference to D.B. Cooper, you might have seen recently there was a uh, documentary on Netflix. It might have been Netflix or Disney. I'm not yeah, sure. there was remember. something kind of recent, yes. It's something has never been solved. And they still don't know who this DB Cooper is, and that's why they've put it in the show. It was an unidentified man who hijacked a Northwest Orient Airlines flight 305. It was a Boeing 727 aircraft operated by Northwest in the United States, and it happened on November 24, 1971. During the flight from Portland to Oregon to Seattle, the hijacker told a flight attendant he was armed with a bomb. And he demanded $200,000 ransom and requested four parachutes upon landing in Seattle. After releasing the passengers in Seattle, the hijacker instructed the flight crew to refuel the aircraft and begin a second flight to Mexico City with a refueling stop in Reno. Approximately 30 minutes after taking off from Seattle, the hijacker opened the aircraft's aft door, deployed the staircase and parachuted into the night over southwestern Washington. The hijacker was never identified, apprehended or found.
2: Yeah, interesting. That's yeah, so you got
1: to watch the documentary, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. And they've got a sketch of him, but he looks like anybody, could be anybody, you know. And yeah. I remember in the documentary the the um the flight attendant said that she was sure he was wearing makeup and that his hair was dyed and yeah, it was funny. It was so funny. He was in a suit and everything. Yeah. Anyway, that's DB Cooper
2: everybody. <laughs> It is an interesting and solved mystery. So it's funny that they put it in there. The guy's walk in and...
0: Tell him I'll call when I know more. Tell him to call me when he knows more. Tell Mr. Bloom to call my attorney. Mr. Bloom is your attorney. Well, introduce him to himself and let the two of them fight it out. <laughs> yeah. But-, <laughs> but I don't want to be billed double.
2: <laughs> exactly. It's so funny. A uh, quick observation. Yeah. Uh, before we get into uh, Agnes and um, David talking... And all of that, the tie that he's wearing could be, I'm not sure, because it's, you know, I guess a while later that the episode is filmed. But in Maddie's Turn to Cry, when Maddie and David come back into the office and Sam is waiting, David's wearing a tie that looks very much like this. It's kind of an eggplant, kind of a purplish eggplant, and Maddie's wearing kind of a purplish dress. Mm-hmm. And they pair really well together, and they look really nice. But this tie looks very similar to the tie that he's wearing in that episode. I'm just wondering.
1: Oh, Okay.
2: Yeah, I'd have to see it. This one's kind of distinctive. It almost looks like it has little horseshoes on it or something like that. Anyway, um, Wait, not my because it's kind of a particular color. Yeah,
1: he wears some nice ties sometimes.
2: Yeah, some really nice ties. So yeah, it's a very sweet scene between David and Agnes. And I and I do love the scene. But the funny thing is it's like, but I guess it's telling, right? Maddie's just in the other room, you know? It's like they're near but so far apart because she's just there and he's asking well how's Maddie is she happy is she you know how's Maddie doing and she was asking about me well she could just come in the door and they could talk how about you go into her office and talk to her or how
1: about she goes
2: into his office and talks to him exactly it's like 15 feet separating them and they won't get together and talk you know he was like smug and angry before but now he seems kind of missing her and you know all these things yeah it's interesting
1: And it's interesting that when Agnes walked in or after those guys walked out, his clan was still around him, you know, the manicurist and all that. And Agnes says, or she tells him that she's been talking to Miss Hayes and -hmm. he goes, Miss Hayes, and he tells them to leave. Yeah, that gives him attention. Did she happen to mention anything about me? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? Agnes isn't giving him anything either. She's like, I'm not doing your work for you, mate. Oh, yeah. She's very good at that.
0: Did she happen to mention anything about me? You? Me. I mean, I, I haven't seen her much lately. I've been working by myself. She's been working by herself. I mean, does she say anything when she, when she hears that I solve another case?
1: I don't know. He didn't solve one while I was in there. In other words, how about you find out yourself and go and talk to her? I love Agnes. She's cleverer than everybody thinks she is.
2: Uh, I know. She's very good at orchestrating these things.
1: And he goes, really? She's happy, right? She says she is. (laughs) How about you, Mr. Addison? You seem a little down. But he says, no, no, I'm a little exhausted. A little lonely, maybe. So he's lonely. Yeah, see? You can fix that, buddy. Yeah, she's right there. Why are you? And then he says, as long as she's happy. Yeah. And Agnes walks backwards towards the door and asks him if he wanted everybody to come back. And he's sort of a little bit deflated when he says,
0: No, uh, not just yet, Mr. Post. I think I'll just rest here for a minute.
1: Agnes leaves, shuts the door, and he's left there sort of contemplating. Things have taken a turn. He's kind of exhausted. And where is this all getting him? It's funny because at the start of the scene, he's all hyper. He's like, boom, 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 a show about me. Then he's talking to the chief on the phone. And every time he has to grab the phone, he goes, give. give."
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep. But when it comes to talking about Maddie, he yeah. tells everyone to leave, gives Agus his full attention, seems kind of lonely, melancholy, yeah. you know? yeah, wants yeah. to rest. Do you think he's feeling a little bit guilty
1: that he's deceiving her? She really believes that he's a wonderful detective all of a sudden, but he's deceiving her, let's face it. By the way, I did a check, and it's not the same
2: tie. <laughs> um. <laughs> because that's because, really important to this episode, Shauna. <laughs> I know, I know. My mind goes there, though. I have to know all the details of when things were duplicated in other episodes, okay? Um. <laughs>
1: Does that mean you yeah. haven't been listening to a word I've been saying? You've been watching the episode on YouTube? <laughs> no, multitasking.
2: what's got Ryan say that's uh, it's like eerily creepy or something like that that I noticed the double scene in those two episodes. He's like, that's kind of like almost creepy. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> He goes, that's a psycho thing to notice. He says. yeah, that's kind of like psycho level <laughs> like uh, hyper awareness, you know <laughs> oh, sorry. I just like see things and I'm like, oh, I saw that in another episode, you know, and I'm like, you have to be observant. This is what we do, you know, and if I bring it up, I want to let people know that no, it's not the same tie. So they don't have to check themselves. So there. All right. So what were we talking about?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, nothing. I think, yeah, we finished this scene that David's left. I just thought it was a lovely contrast at The beginning of the scene, he's hyperactive. He's excited. Yeah. He's taking phone calls. He's getting all his beauty things done and getting his shoe mm-hmm. shined. And then at the end of the scene, yeah. he has a chat with Agnes, a DNM, and he's left thinking
2: about the actions he's taken so far. Yeah. Oh, you were asking, does he feel guilty? I don't think he feels guilty at this moment. No, I think he's starting to feel guilty later when she's like, David, you're a great detective and all that. And then mm. he's like, no, I'm not Maddie. You know. yeah. Then he's like, feels guilty for lying. Right here, I think he's just still caught up in it, but he misses Maddie. He's starting to feel lonely and no one can really fill her shoes. Because
1: so. he knows that they work well together. He's always said that. They're a team. They're partners. Mm-hmm. You know. Not working with her now, I think he's noticed the difference.
2: I think, yeah, he was like being smug about it and like uncaring for a while, but mm. it's catching up with them. Yep, I agree. He's just left there in the office by himself, kind of like, kind of looking the side, And then, you know, we get a restaurant scene with Maddie just sitting alone and waiting. And it's a busy restaurant. And she's obviously, she looks at her watch. She's waiting for somebody. And so, yeah, they're both just kind of alone, kind of longing for the other. Yeah, it's sad to see them separated. And that scene
1: really brought it home that she's just sitting there waiting for David to have lunch and he's got no time. He's got no time for it. And he's forgotten, basically, <laughs> as well. Um yeah, just so busy. But I love the high wing back chairs she's sitting in. They're like I love um, that restaurant. Like, yeah, they're yeah. like the uh, like a Chesterfield button
2: chairs in green. Very yeah. nice. Really nice restaurant. Yes, yeah, so it looks very fancy. Is this where they would normally go? Oh my goodness. Mm. Is this their
1: place, Grace? Maybe it is. Maybe it's Maddie and David's restaurant they go to when they don't show us. That's right. But I I guess they don't serve burgers. (laughs) We won't go there. You are getting (laughs) ahead of ourselves, girlfriend.
2: (laughs) No, we always do. Um, Anyway,
1: um, before this scene ends, you hear sirens, which transports you to Police under a bridge arresting two guys for yeah. doing who knows what. yeah And do you recognize
2: the location? I was gonna say I was just gonna say, now <laughs> I don't remember where okay, so when we watched maybe it was um was it uh Brother Kenny Spare Blonde? Yes. Oh, okay. At and, the beginning. And, uh, Okay. And you said this location was used somewhere else. But I and didn't it, tell you when. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> then somehow I put two and two together because I was like, oh, this is the location. Or I was going to say, is this the location that you were talking about um, that they used again and brother? Okay. So I, with my eagle eyes, I spotted the locations and they think
1: they can get away with it because it's daytime. And in Brother Can mm. You Spare a Blonde, it was at night time. It was at 732 uh-huh. or something. <laughs> at night. From Navarone. Yeah. Good old yeah. Navarone. Yeah. Thank you for supporting us, Moonlighting fans. We hope you are enjoying our episodes. And if you feel so inclined, Shauna and I would be very appreciative if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So that we know we're on track with our content and continue to provide you with a great
2: experience. And Bruce, he looks so cute in this. I mean, I know I always say that, but uh, with the sunglasses and the jawline, I don't know, the hair is like more tussled. Like this particular scene, you know, I always just notice he's kind of got like a tight lip and a tight jaw. I
1: didn't write it down, but I thought to myself, watching this scene, he looks hot. Yes, very, very hot. That's right all there. I have to say, hot. Three-letter word, hot. He looks great with those dark glasses. Yes, Yeah. What I thought was strange, I know he has to be reminded that he's got lunch with Maddie. But would a policeman actually say that? First of all, he says to him, oh, I don't know how you do it. And he goes,
2: let's hurry up, get these guys downtown, grab a late lunch. Yeah, no. uh, Oh, I don't know. They wedged it in so it could, like, remind David, lunch. Mm. Now, why didn't he run to the restaurant from there? Why did he run to Blue Moon?
1: I think it was just way too late. It was probably... An hour and a half, two hours later, then he realized she's not going to be there. She wouldn't have waited that long.
2: Okay. He runs the blue moon looking for Maddie. And uh, I love Agnes. Maddie here. No, she's with you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What I find funny is too. He does that Stooges thing, by the way. Yeah. But before that, he rushes in past this guy. When he walks past Agnes, there's this guy standing there looking at his watch because he's got an appointment with him. But he walks yeah. straight past him. He's um, oblivious. And yeah. you can tell the guy's not yeah, happy, yeah. too. So, yeah, okay. this old guy. Yeah. So, he goes into the office to ring Maddie, but those people are in there and he does the Stooges sound, as yeah. you said. <laughs> and then runs that into really her office and okay. rings her at home, but gets her answering machine. And doesn't he look cute sitting in her chair? I think that's. Oh, nice. my gosh. <laughs>
2: I love him sitting in her chair.
1: I love her. I'm glad you agree with me on that one.
2: I know. Oh, I totally do. And it makes me think of other times when he sits in her chair later. Yes. <laughs> the claymation. The Um, I am curious, Maddie, when yeah. she walks in and he, you know, what's the one where she says, David, you're in my seat. And he says, careful, there are children watching. <laughs> That's uh, uh what I is that? Yeah, he's sitting in her chair a few key times, but yeah, this is one of the times where when he's looking for her, which I like, and yes, I agree, very. Yeah, key
1: especially key. when he finds out that Sam proposed.
2: Mm, gosh, yes. Yeah. When he's yeah,
1: he's sitting there as he like sits in key. her chair and says, "Why didn't you tell me?"
2: I know, I know. Getting it's ahead scary. of ourselves. I know. <laughs> don't go there. And this is Maddie Hayes. <laughs> her answering machine. Yeah, a, yeah,
1: is it just me or is it a strange message on the machine? Yeah, I didn't like it. Because she and says it, thank you and goodbye. Thank you and goodbye. Like you wouldn't say that. I mean, mine, I go blah, 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 thanks. Yeah. A message after the tone.
2: Yeah, and we hear her answering the machine in other episodes and it's And it's different. a different message. Yeah. Mm. So I don't know why it's that one now. Yeah, it's it's a little weird. It's a little two staged or whatever. Yeah.
1: Hi, this is Maddie i'm not in right now but if you leave your name and number the time you call i'll be happy to call
2: you back thank you and goodbye um but anyway he can't find maddie and he's you know feeling bad about that i guess and he goes and finds toby who has her chain on the door (laughs) (laughs) of course she does (laughs) Of course she does everyone's got their chain on the door give a chain on your door (laughs) i mean do they even use them anymore not really. I don't
1: I think I've Yeah, I
2: think it's kind of an old old school thing. Yeah,
1: I think old buildings yeah. probably still have them, but anyway. Know, it's funny. So Toby's looking really sad and he <laughs> apologizes for being late and notices her nice ice. So she's bought mm-hmm. herself a nice necklace because they've made some mm. extra money together. And she wants to know if he's enjoying the fruits of their success. And he says a very poignant thing here. What do you say? I just always thought when this part of my life started working, the rest of my life would fall into place. And now this part of my life sure is working and the rest of my life is falling apart. Yep. You're right. Mm-hmm. Very funny. Yeah. So she begins yeah. to cry and yeah. he consoles her because he thinks she's crying because he wants to call the whole thing off, but that's not why she's crying. No. Nope. And he said, I'm not jumping off this gravy train. No.
0: What's Sleeping Beauty say?
2: There's going to be another murder.
0: These guys ever take a vacation?
2: (laughs) I know, really. One killing
1: after another. Who's it going to be this time? You.
2: You who? You, you. Me, me? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'll be, uh... The double wording this episode. Glenn yeah. really made the most of that this time. Yeah. Me, me, you, you. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Yeah. yeah, it was good. He always had a running theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Several, yeah. not
1: always just one. Yeah. Um, but it was something different for the time. A lot of other shows would not have got away with that. Yeah. It so, suited this show, it suited it David writing. Addison, suited the character. Yeah. So, yes, absolutely. What are you up to, Shauna? You're up to something because your face is very bright and you're in a website. I know that. What <laughs> are you doing? You're no, looking we... at something.
2: <laughs> I'm looking at moonlighting episodes. <laughs> we're supposed to be recording the <laughs> podcast. I like the multitask.
1: All right. So we're back at Blue Moon and David arrives. Looks like it's late at night and he's very nervous. He's looking around, making sure nobody is following him. I've written here he must have been really nervous coming up in the elevator. Because he might have thought he would have been killed in the elevator. I
2: know. And he's got a jumper on. He's got a sweater. Did you see what I did here, Grace? What did you do? <laughs> I have my camera off. So you I know. I was <laughs> just, just a silly kidding. bitch. Just <laughs> I thought you would be loving the fact that he's in his sweater. All of his sweaters kind of look the same. They're like... Uh, yeah, it's always a gray sweater. Yeah, it's always that gray sweater or a mm. similar kind of thing. Well, th- gosh, I mean, we're kind of back to like Witness, where he's like sneaking around and sneaking into the office. Remember um, the detective yep. said uh, yeah. his office looked like yes. someone had yeah. rummaged Except through? Except you didn't so see him do that. So it's kind of like in Witness, where he had to kind of sneak into the office and not be seen, and now he's afraid he might be killed. So it's kind of funny.
0: Plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: So he walks into his office, turns the lamp on, and gets a legal pad and starts writing a letter to Maddie. Dear Maddie, I'm sorry to do this by letter, but there is no time for goodbyes. But Maddie interrupts him by saying, Hey, and gives him a heart attack. And because (laughs) obviously he's still worried somebody's going to kill him, but she's in silhouette. I know the shadowing in here, very film noir. Yes. I was trying to check to see if the first image was her. The hair was different. So maybe it wasn't her. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Not sure about that. It's funny how they both say together, What,
2: what are you, are you doing, doing here?
1: Yeah. About lunch yesterday. But Maddie says she understands that he's a really busy man. She wants him to not turn around and not look at her because she wants to say something. And she's telling him that she respects him so much. She believes that he has a gift for this detective work and she thought that she was carrying him all this time but all this time (laughs) it was him holding back and giving her room to grow to learn and catch up so she's been sitting in her office thinking about the future well I think you have to be blind not to see that we've outgrown each other you shouldn't
2: be working for somebody certainly not for me
1: oh no don't say that Maddie don't say that But David pipes up and says, you've never been more wrong about anyone or anything in your entire life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then she begins to tell him the story about the guys in the elevator, how they think that David was in on it, that he's not solving crimes. He's actually part of the underworld. Yeah, that was cute. And it was, you know, took everything I had not to say something. Yeah. She wanted to hit the guy. Of course she did. She's maddie. Yeah. And she wanted to tell them about the day three weeks ago when david had just broken this big case and she asked him who the client was and david said the client was mankind
2: mm-hmm.
1: and she got mad and he was serious and and the word besides comes up again yeah it was in agnes's rhyme and maddie says david you have a great gift and you're a good man besides you're a good man besides and i'm glad we got to work together now This was a nice, deep moment, nice little D&M. She's opening her heart. She's actually telling him all her feelings. He turns around, gets up out of his chair, and you think he's going to go over there and give her a big hug, but no. (laughs) Thank you, Deborah. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Glenn. He walks straight past her and says,
0: Maddie, there's something I have to do. There's this worm that I was going to run away from, and I think he needs to be stepped on, and I'm just the lizard to do it.
1: (laughs) And you're right, there's a lot of blue lighting, silhouette. Yeah, it's very noir, but a lot of these shots are single shots. There's only a couple of masters where she's Mm -hmm. in the background, he's in the foreground, but these other little shots there, they're just single shots. They're not there. So
2: Yeah, this might have been one of those scenes where they spent a lot of time lighting it, waiting for them to come to set or something. Yeah. Because the lighting is, like, extraordinary. It's amazing. Um, Now, one thing that we haven't mentioned yet is how (laughs) – cute and telling and something that we need to discuss a little bit that she's like, don't look at me. It's like, she doesn't want him looking at her while she like bears her soul and says these things, you Mm -hmm. know? And so he looks away. It's almost like, I don't know. It's almost like so touching in a way, you know? Mm -hmm. And then she starts talking and he looks at her and she looks away and then he turns away and then she can start again, you know? How
1: interesting. It's a really interesting scene the way they've set it up. It's unusual for them. Yeah. Because their banter is
2: always face to face, nose to nose. Nose to nose. Yeah. But she doesn't want him looking at her while she bears her soul. Yeah.
1: Because she's not really one to bear her soul that much to him. So it's great that she's doing it and she's found Mm -hmm. a way. Look away and and
2: I want to say what I want to say, but don't look at me. And it's sweet that. He gets that, I guess, He, you know, because he does it. He totally does it, you know? And then when he's like, no, I'm not, Maddie, and looks at her, you know, it's all in shadow, but you can see her turn her head so that they're not looking at each other. And then he turns away and he puts his hand up on his face. So, yeah, it's just very interesting, like, body language, bearing of souls, like, I don't know, is he, like, obliging because he can't really look her in the eye either about, like, the lies he's told? This is what I was saying, like, when yeah. we get to this scene, It's like, this is when he starts to feel guilty about deceiving her. And now she's like so invested in the fact that he's this great detective and everything. And he's like, no, I'm not Maddie. But it sounds like, you know, as far as going and stepping on the worm, (laughs) because of what Maddie said, he's about to run away because he was writing his goodbye note. But from what she was saying, he like wants to take some action to make sure that he can stay and stay with Maddie and and stay at Blue Moon, get back to normal, I guess, you know, I think that's why he's like called to like take action suddenly, and that's why he leaves the office in a flash. Yeah, that makes sense. And I love, again, almost like a movie, you know, film noir movie, like when she goes to the door and she goes, David, kind of like longingly calls after him and faces all in shadow. Yeah. And he says, later. It's cool.
1: Yeah, so that was a really different type of scene for David and Maddie. Not only the emotions that are coming out, how the scene was structured, how the lighting was done, but it wasn't fast banter. Yeah. But it had to be slower. It had to be because of the content. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yes, exactly, and how it was filmed and what they were saying. Hmm. Gosh, another scene where we're almost losing David. You know, he's almost going to leave a knowing her. He's almost going to leave a witness. He doesn't quite get there, though. Talking guy, (laughs) yeah. He always ends
1: up staying, thank God. The information that gets revealed in it, the lighting i call it the jerry scene it's very jerry <laughs> oh yeah i mean yes
2: gosh i mean he just went all out yeah on that lighting
1: yeah you're right maybe they had a lot of time to set it up because
2: you <laughs> let the hell out of it but that's why it kind of bugs me the generic set of the bar because it's it's so not <laughs> yeah. well lit and it's not a good set and it's not a good scene. you know why
1: because it's not a maddie and david location yeah it's not meant to be lit. It's supposed to be a bar, just a plain old bar where, yeah. where Toby meets her
2: clients. And Yeah, there's too many shutters and too many blinds or, I don't know, scenery in the setting is not great, but that's all right.
1: We hope you're enjoying listening to Moonlighting the Podcast. And for all you devoted Moonlighting fans out there, we now have Moonlighting merchandise. Check it out at redbubble.com slash people slash moonpod2016.
2: But anyway, yes, love that. What a great scene. And then Maddie sits down at the desk and sees the letter that David was writing. And then you hear
1: Maddie's voice
2: reading the letter. What he was writing, and then she read it over too, and then she realized that he was actually going to leave.
1: Dear Maddie, I'm sorry to do this by letter, but
2: there's no time for goodbyes. But then how does, I guess, did she follow him? Okay, so
1: I've written here, how did she follow him? They only have one car. Exactly. I don't know how she would have followed him. For her to go to the bar, she would have had to have been right behind him. Right behind him.
2: Okay. Just say he went down and got a taxi cab, but she still has to go to the parking garage, get the car, pull out of the garage, pull around, see Mm -hmm. him getting in a cab. And yeah, he might have to wait a minute for a cab and hail one or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. How does she end up there?
1: All right. We're back at the nightclub and West End Girls is on again. I wonder why they use the same song. Just wondering. Mm. Could he use a third song, but maybe not. Maybe they had a limit how many songs they could use. <laughs> who knows? Yeah, money wise, know. Yeah. All right. David sees the guy at his usual seat and but Toby isn't there yet. So David decides to walk over to him and confront him. Now, this is where I'm a little confused. He starts talking to him, saying, I know you know who I am. But how does David think Jerry knows what he looks like? Or maybe he's been in the paper. How does David know what Jerry looks like? No. How does David think Jerry knows what David looks like?
2: Oh, um, I think he assumes because he was going to kill him that he knows what he looks like.
1: Plus he must have been in the papers because he's been solving all
2: these crimes, yeah? That's true. But he doesn't know what he looks like because he doesn't know who he is. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And he has seen David before, but he thinks that that's her brother. That's right. So, yeah, yeah, it's a a little bit of a convoluted because he's like, wait, you know, whatever. And then he's like, oh, that's right. I remember you. You're her brother. (laughs) But you're right. He was in the paper. So he should have known who he was all along. But that Mm. was David Addison, you know. But on David's end, I think David's assuming that since he's on this hit list, he knows what he looks like. So
1: they're having a bit of a talk and Toby shows up and says, Oh my God. Oh my God. Jerry, Toby, you know each other? So oh, all wow. of a sudden there's this silence. They're all looking at each other. And that's when Jerry says, Wait a second, I know who you are. You're her brother. Sit down. So then he digresses and mm-hmm. I know why you're upset. Listen, if I had a sister who, um, I mean, was running with um <laughs> so he's like mm-hmm. he has to He has to stop what he's saying. (laughs) Let me tell you something that you don't know. We're really very good for each other, and I'm getting her to rethink her career. And she doesn't (laughs) know it yet, but she has been getting me to rethink mine. And the whole time, David is looking at him with disdain, thinking, listen, you, Mm -hmm. you've got a contract out on me. (laughs) Don't be nice (laughs) to me, you know? The guy's really trying to be friendly with David because he's been with his sister who he thinks is his sister. Jerry says,
0: It's awful nice to meet you, uh David.
1: David. <laughs> and then Maddie turns up and says, Addison, that letter you wrote me demands an explanation. Uh-oh. What? Who? And Maddie goes, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Just like she does to the to the coffin in in God We Strongly Suspect. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello.
2: <laughs> oh my God. And Grace, let me just uh, mention one thing. Of course, this hitman guy wears a suit. suit. (laughs) Of course he does. Everybody (laughs) wears a suit. Even a hitman who talks in his sleep.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, moonlighting. So funny.
2: But, yeah, Mandy blows his cover. Yeah. Identity.
1: Yeah. So Jerry loses his freaking mind. David Addison? Your brother is David Addison? And then Maddie goes, Brother, is this your sister?
2: I <laughs> <laughs> you know. That was funny. Very confusing. Sis,
0: Jerry, nice to meet you. Me and the missus got to run. Promise a sitter we'd be home
2: at <laughs> Be home, really. I love that. You know, I, I love that when, too. Yeah, when they pretend that they're a couple. Yeah. You know, kind of like you did in, um, when they went to Buenos Aires, remember? Yeah. Put a rush on it, would you? I got the kids and the dog in the car. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of like that. So good. So he grabs Maddie and starts to run.
1: But then Jerry runs over to David and pushes him against the wall, saying that he's ruining his life. And it's timely because the music comes to a scratchy stop, like you've scratched mm-hmm. the record. Yeah. And Maddie gets in and trying to defend David. She's like, get off of him. But then oh, okay. somebody grabs Maddie off Jerry.
2: And by the way, Jerry... Did you notice the fakest, his hands around David's neck, but the thumbs are, like, way down here. Like, he's, <laughs> not—he's like, so fake choking him. His hands are like this. <laughs> Show the listeners, Shauna. What are you, yeah, do- no what are you doing? <laughs> the thumbs, like, are, like, on his chest, you know. Nothing's around Bruce's actual neck. No, neck it's cheek. lower. Yeah.
1: His
2: um, thumbs are lower. Yeah. Yeah, the thumbs are lower. But, um, but David's funny.
1: acting like he's choking him because he can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Right
1: he was like, you're not doing much for mine either. So then Toby stops it and says, look, it's not him, it's me. In fact, it's your fault. I'm saying you talk in your sleep. You told me and I told him. She says, and he.
2: And then Maddie pipes in
1: and says, Pretended he figured it out all by himself.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now he's starting to catch on to what David's been up to. Oh, my. It's all come out. It's all come out now. Mm -hmm.
1: Yep. Jerry's in shock because he can't believe this. He probably never knew that he talked in his sleep. And he believes that a bed is like a confessional. And um, I know. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Toby says, I'm sorry. And he goes, oh, you're sorry. And he punches her. Oh, my gosh. I know. There's some, like, real violence in here. Yeah. like A few women get punched wow yeah i know it's so random isn't it yeah
1: he punches her and then that's the beginning of the nightclub punches and the food fights and
0: david oh grabs god. jerry
1: and they fall over the food buffet which starts a chain of events of food throwing tray throwing people throwing and jerry throws david
2: through the venetians just <laughs> my luck they're all wearing underwear <laughs> oh my god His uh, head lands under like looking up some women's dresses <laughs>
1: Did you notice in one cut though, it's um his stunt double. What's his name? Chris? Oh
2: yeah, that's right. Chris hell. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah, so in one cut when he's just about to grab him like that, Jerry grabs David like that, it's behind David. You can see definitely it's Chris, so yeah, it's funny. Yep. It's the same person that's behind the candles in in God when they're lying on the floor, definitely him. Yep. Yeah, so but, the sirens yeah. start sounding and... Sounds like the cavalry. And then you see Toby trying to escape before the police get there and she doesn't have any marks on her face, although maybe it's too early for anything to come up. But I just looked for that in case she had a bruise on her eye or something. Yep. Maddie says to David, well, well, you did it again.
2: I suppose you're going to get credit for all this.
1: I suppose so. Then food flies over his head as he ducks. <laughs> yeah. You mad? Mad? Mad. I mean, I guess you got a right to be a little mad. I'm <laughs> livid. Punches him in the face yeah. and um, he goes flying over the Venetian's again. Livid.
0: You mad? Mad. Mad. I mean, I guess you got a right to be a, a little mad. I'm not mad. Good. I'm
2: Delivered. Yes, everyone was getting punched there. There was another woman that got punched. you know, men were punching yes. women like Kobe got punched, but then another woman got punched.: A guy went to punch another guy, but he ducked and punched the woman behind him.: Oh okay, is that what happened? Maddie slaps him in the pilot and she punches him here. I'm just trying to think of um, Maddie with her violent tendencies. I think this is the second time that she's hit David. Is that right? This time she like full-on like flattens him, you know. Yeah. Which she he deserved. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she punched him in, um, she slapped him in the pilot and she punched him at her house in the pilot as well. Yes. So this is the third time that she's actually like, actually punched him or slapped him. Yeah. She goes, <laughs> Oh, yeah. She, she feels good. <laughs> she like dusts off her um, Grace's She dusts shows, off her beautiful dress. dress. Yeah. Yeah. She, she like dusts off her, uh, she dusts herself off after she's <clears> very <throat> proud of herself. She'd give a crap about punching David and sending him flying halfway across the room. (laughs) 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 And it's so funny, you know, like we've talked to Glenn about it and we've talked to other people about it, that Maddie was such a violent character. But it's funny how like people don't really think of her that way. But And Glenn said
1: in our interview with him, that he didn't see her as violent. Well, yeah, it's,
2: it's funny. <laughs> I'm sorry <No>. she was. <laughs> I know, and he, but he. I think he even thought about it. He was like, "Yeah, but maybe." But then he kind of goes back to like, "But I, you know, no one thought there was any real jeopardy." You know, no, I mean? no. Because I asked him because I wondered where that came from.
1: We just needed that physical
2: comedy between her and him. So I know yeah. it's good, but it's just funny. Like, can you imagine today on TV, like a lead, a woman constantly like punching the guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing the guy, hitting the guy and sending him across the room. I mean, it's funny, you know. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. Not offended by it or anything. God, I
1: mean, really, you're not allowed to do anything these days.
2: No, no, you, can, you can't do anything, exactly. That's why um, No reboots.
1: I just want to talk about Stephen Keats. He played Jerry. He's from the Bronx, New York, 1945, and he unfortunately passed away in 1994 in New York. He won a primetime Emmy in nineteen seventy seven for uh, something called Seventh Avenue. He played Jay Blackman.
2: Uh-huh.
1: His career began in nineteen seventy three. A lot of um, supporting roles: Cagney and Lacey, Knots Landing. He was in the TV series The Yellow Rose. Ooh, um, Sibyl, right? Was that a TV series or a movie?
2: The Yellow Rose, I think, was a, a TV that was series. was a movie. Civil was in. Oh, that, it was a
1: movie? That was a movie. This is the TV series, so I don't know. Oh. Anyway, The Usual Suspects, Twilight Zone, Murder, She Wrote, and Magnum P.I. Yeah, I recognize him from Hill Street Blues. He was one of the detectives. And he did eight episodes of All My Children in 1992, several episodes of Law and Order. But the last thing he did was in 1994, just before he passed away. That was a while ago, huh? Yeah. So that's Stephen Keats. So did you like this episode? What do you think of this episode,
2: Shauna? It is a good episode. Okay. And thinking of the timeline of Moonlighting, you know, the timeline of their relationship, I guess. Now we're just coming off of Witness where they've like kissed in the garage and all that stuff. And they kind of, you know, at the end of the episode, were like kind of regretting, maybe not following up on that. It's almost like we've taken a step backwards. They seem like they're like thinking about each other, and missing each other. We see that you know, because they're not around each other a lot. But I just don't see a progression in their relationship, really. But I guess you can't have it progress every time. I felt like it was just a step back into kind of formulaic moonlighting, you know, not really not following any kind of like progression of their relationship, I guess. Yep. And sometimes we're looking at these so closely where it's like kind of a plot that allows them to have separate scenes and time off which i shouldn't i guess be thinking about and thinking about the episode it's okay not one of my favorites although it has nice moments like the scene in his office eh, even the opening scene when they're cheers into their you know year anniversary and things like that and it's okay it's not one of my favorites not in my top 10 or anything but um you haven't asked me that yet but um what about you (laughs) is it in your top 10 shauna it is not in my top 10, Grace. How about you? And you want to No, your thoughts? it's not in my top 10.
1: Not that what it's a bad about? episode, but, right. but no, it didn't make it. It's got to be pretty good to be in my top 10, Shauna. I agree. But what are your thoughts on the episode in general? I like the storyline. It's a good plot. It's not too complicated. It gives Maddie a little bit of a jolt before she actually finds out. She believes that he's a good detective, which he is, because you know what? If you look at past episodes already, right, he hasn't solved a lot of them, but he was pretty cluey. I loved a lot of emotions coming out. I really liked how they've got Maddie to reveal her feelings, the physical comedy in it. There's a lot of funny bits in here, a lot of funny mm. bits. It's got a lot of elements. It's got d with Agnes. It's yep. got her punching him, a lot of physical comedy, and a lot of extras. There's a lot of extras in this show, the reporters. There sure. seems to be a, the usual extra wobblies and yeah so there's a lot of action there's a lot of action in this episode
2: yeah true and everybody's given equal share of dialogue and the wobblies are working and Agnes has a great rhyme and Agnes has some great moments with Maddie and David and yeah yeah, I mean season five aside the worst moonlighting episodes are still great you know I mean (laughs) you know I mean that makes sense Shauna (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean it's like Even the ones that you're like, yeah, okay. I mean, you can still go through and point out so many great moments and dialogue and lines. and But, I mean, yes, I guess it's just like, is it in our top ten? Is it like one of those really, really standout great episodes? No, not really, but was it great? Yeah, of course it was. It's moonlighting.
1: It was an episode with a lady of the night, a sleep-talking guy, (laughs) Maddie on her calculator, a happy anniversary, heckle and jekyll, a partnership, a request for a pay rise, a lot of door slamming, Colour blue lighting. An underworld figure dying in an elevator. The Culligan Man. $500 to stay awake. $1,000 for an all-nighter. Another Agnes rhyme. Agnes gets another door slam. An isosceles triangle. David cracking numerous cases. Maddie, Maddie, Maddie. David, David, David. Maddie talks manure. The mayor's office. The DA's office. Mankind is the client. Fine, fine. Good, good. More dresses cut down to South America. The Wobblies are actually working. Maddie and Agnes talk in threes. The what could be bothering me scene. Agnes has d with Maddie and David. David trying to solve the disappearance of D.B. Cooper. Maddie waiting for David in a restaurant. Another food fight. And Maddie's not mad. She's livid. so i have a total of 12 door slams in this episode oh my goodness it didn't quite get to the highest one which was my fair david with 14 and i got six outfit changes do you agree with that figure shauna i sure do oh good at the beginning she had like a lilac sort of color suit Mm -hmm. yes and she has her I've
2: put cream slash beige suit because I can't really tell. I know. I was going to ask you what color you thought that was. It was like a shimmery gold, Mm -hmm. white, silver, I put. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of
1: interesting outfit. And then she had a yellow suit when she says, "Uh uh-oh, with Agnes. Then she's got the lovely white dress and the gray jacket when she doesn't know what to do with herself. Yes. And she's wearing a white suit in the restaurant. And she's wearing like a pink apricot suit when Mm -hmm. she reads david's letter
2: that's
1: right and the music featured in this episode was west end girls by pet shop boys and baby talk by alicia Mm -hmm. and we had one agnes rhyme so the Mm. summary of moonlighting episodes we have 80 door slams so far wow (laughs) we're still on 10 feet out of the elevator we haven't had feet out of the elevator since it was the episode before christmas wow no singing Bruce, and so far we have 14.5 rhymes from Agnes.
2: Nice, we got to get rid of that 0.5, Shauna. <laughs> I know we, we did for a minute, and then she had another 0.5, I think. I think there were 2.5s for a while, yeah. Yes,
1: because she had 2.5 rhymes in Brighter Tupperman, which made it um 12, but then in North by North to Pesto, she had mm-hmm. 1.5, which made it oh, 13.5
2: again. Oh, no. <laughs> oh gosh bless her
1: god bless agnes oh, just okay. a treasure
2: She sure is
1: it's now time for moonlight mail we've received many emails lately so we do apologize to listeners if you haven't heard your email read out yet but we promise we will get to you um we received an email from yvonne this is what she had to say Hi, Grace and Shauna, great listening to the latest podcast, which unfortunately I couldn't join live, but I found myself yelling into the phone when the question came up about why David is wearing the headband in the opener. I'd Googled it ages ago and found that the prologue features David and Maddie reading letters from fans. David is wearing a headband that says McMahon on it as a tribute to Super Bowl winning quarterback Jim McMahon. Earlier that year, McMahon had been warned not to wear an unlicensed by the NFL headband in the Super Bowl by the then Commissioner Pete Rozelle, so he had complied by wearing a plain headband on which he wrote Rozelle. Curtis Armstrong said in an interview that the day this prologue scene was filmed, Jim McMahon had been visiting the set and everyone at Moonlighting wore such a headband. Bruce just left his on when he went in front of the camera for the intro. And she goes on to give us a lot of information about Jim McMahon. So it seems it was a running joke in the US at the time, and it sounded pretty feasible, especially given that Super Bowl XX was played on January 26, 1986, and Every Daughter's Father is a Virgin aired on February 18, 1986. I don't know why Jim would have been visiting the set, but I guess it was just a case of the biggest football star of the day meeting the biggest TV show of the day. Mutual admiration and the stuff pop culture dreams are made of. So nothing to do with Ed McMahon or John McEnroe (laughs) (laughs) or anyone else being supposed, proposed or disclosed. (laughs) Not sure if anyone else has replied in the meantime, but wanted to send this through in case you wanted to update your notes. Still loving the podcast and Scott Ryan is wonderful, very entertaining and such a fan as we all are. Thanks so much. Best wishes, Yvonne. Thanks, Mm -hmm. Yvonne, for that info. We were going nowhere (laughs) on the live event. (laughs) I I, know. know. And you know what, listeners, I cut a lot out of that because we went on for ages about that. We were trying to work it out and we're going McEnroe, McMahon.
2: (laughs) Yes, tennis, football, yeah. But, yes, thank you, Yvonne, because that was some really good extra information about that time and how that all happened and all that. Yeah, it was like a little peek behind the scenes at the whole headband thing and and why Bruce was wearing it. So yeah, thank you so much for that.
1: I just want to quickly read an email from PI. We get a lot of emails from PI, very detailed and interesting perspectives. I'll just read this one that we received recently after they watched Every Daughter's Father. Dear Shauna and Grace, congrats on another very engaging and informative live podcast on Every Daughter's Father is a Virgin. Your on-air banter with Scott was entertaining and added a lot of valuable insights into the episode. I very much agree that David's rant in the car about lying is an important theme of his character and the show, that the pursuit of truth and justice is Maddie's and Dave's day job, but hope and dreams and romance require more than just the harsh reality of our existence. Hence the show is called Moonlighting and not Day Job. I also agree that Sybil's Dixie accent sometimes comes out especially in the most emotional scenes. At the end of this episode, when she cries and tells her father she loves him, her really I do has that southern twang. The artistic touch I liked best was the contrast between David wearing sunglasses into the office at the beginning of the episode to hide his physically bruised eye versus Maddie wearing shades into the office at the end of the episode to hide her emotional bruises, which might have included red and swollen eyes, from crying earlier that morning, as you aptly pointed out. I can't wait for the next episode on yet another classic episode, Witness for the Execution, P.I. Thank you. Thank you, P.I. This person is anonymous. I don't know if they're male or female, but they always have an interesting perspective on the show. So thank you so much for your email. And thank you for agreeing with me about the Southern Twang, because it definitely does come out.
2: Yes, and I like the observation about the Sunglasses that David was wearing sunglasses in the beginning and Maddie was wearing them at the end, both to hide something about their eyes. Yes,
1: very true. Terrific. So, thank you for that. And thank you to everybody who is sending us emails. We will get to you all. Some of them are quite long, too. Yep. So, people are really spending time and collecting their thoughts on moonlighting and putting it into an email, which is great. And, you know, Shauna and I love your stories, Moonies. Keep those cards and letters coming, folks. (laughs) all right shauna my lovely moonlighting
2: partner in crime what is our next episode our next episode is season two episode 17 funeral for a doornail referenced in this very podcast yes another great episode of moonlighting
1: which aired on the 29th of april 1986 and we're almost at the end of season two shauna Oh my gosh, two more episodes to go. Amazing. Mm. Then it's Christmas. That's right. All right, so can't wait to catch up with you to talk about Funeral for a Doornail. Well, until next time. I'm Grace.
2: And I'm Shauna. Thank Thank you you for for listening listening to to Moonlighting Moonlighting, the the
1: Podcast.